0: This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church in Lubbock, Texas. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com. You know, we were in here praying earlier this week, and we we started praying about the drought in the natural. And the Lord just moved us to the area of drought in the spiritual, okay? And there's a lot of people that are are spiritually dry, and that may be you tonight. Well, the scriptures say, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Actually, John seven thirty eight says that out of your heart, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water, okay? You don't have to stay in a spiritual drought. You can come out, but you're going to have to play a part in it, and that is to begin to praise the Lord, be filled with the Holy Spirit. In the book of Jude, Jude himself wrote in there, and he said, Beloved, building yourself up in the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. So there's things i got to do, and if that's you tonight... Man, we are praying that God will move you out of that drought, okay? Is that what you're preaching on, Pastor? No, that was just free. That's for free, okay? If you need a Bible, raise your hand. Get your hand up real high. As you're doing that, we're going to receive tonight's tithes and offerings. We're going to read from the book of Luke, chapter 6. And just keep your hand up real high, our ushers will get you a seed envelope if you need it. I want to brag on you guys. Listen, last Sunday when the Gideons were here, The offering that was taken up just from you guys was almost $1,800. Guys, it moved them. It moved them. So bless all of you who sowed. I personally believe that is great seed to sow into. Great seed. He told me that right now they're, they're, they're in need of 11 million Bibles that are just waiting to be funded to go in 25 nations. Now this will give you something to pray about. This broke my heart. He was in my office yesterday and I said to him, I said, Are you allowed to still go into the public schools here in Lubbock? He shook his head and said, No. It bothered me, guys, right here in our own city. He said, Now, they can't stop us from exercising our First Amendment right. We can stay across the street on the corner and hand them out. And I thought, This isn't a communist nation. And I said, What about our friendship? And he said, just within the last couple of weeks, guys, the, the, the attorneys for friendship schools advised them, don't let them in here anymore. If I was in friendship school, I would, be, I would be throwing a fit. I'd be calling out there and saying, come on, guys, let's rise back up. We're in America, all right? So I ask you to pray for that. That bothered me. He told me between now and the end of school, they will give 20,000 testaments here in Lubbock, and most of them will go to the students of Texas Tech. So I said, go get them, fellas. Keep giving. So there's your little update. Give you some things to pray about, guys. We need to keep praying for those guys that that happens. Now, we're talking here in Luke 6, verse 36. Now, I'm going to give you a fundamental that pertains to giving that we'll call seed that will affect every one of our lives. And you've got to understand this and you've got to know this, okay? This is the first fundamental. It says in Luke 6, verse 38, give... And it will be given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your bosom. Now, this is talking about many different things. That if you give mercy, you'll reap mercy. If you judge, you'll be judged. But we can also apply this to the area of giving. So he says, give and it will be given back to you. Now look at the last part of verse 38. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. So really we can say this, you reap what you sow. And this was a principle that that was started way, way, way back in the book of Genesis. And it says this, that whatever seed it is will reproduce after its own kind. So you sow mercy, you're going to get mercy. You sow uh, kindness, you're going to reap kindness. You sow corn, you're going to get corn. You sow wheat, you're going to get watermelons. Not. Not going to happen, okay? But a lot of times, as people, or even as believers, we have this mentality when it comes to the area of finances that it's going to work different for me and you. It's not, okay? You get out what you put in. With the same measure I sow, it'll be measured back to me. Also, you can find that in in 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6, where he says that, that if you sow sparingly, you'll reap sparingly. Bountifully, you'll reap bountifully and so. Right there, it comes to understand this as believers, this fundamental truth, okay? God's not a counterfeiter, okay? He'll do exactly what He says through His Word. So I encourage you, when you begin to plant seed, not only plant seed, but plant a harvest. Now, I was out shooting a little bit of water on my, my garden yesterday. Man, I was excited. I got little bitty stalks of corn coming up. And little bitty green beans. You know why I'm telling you that? When you plant, expect a harvest. Okay, expect a harvest. Why? So I I can sow more seed? It's the same thing. All right, let's pray. Father God, we love you tonight. We honor you tonight. Well, we thank you. Thank you that you put this fundamental principle that you put into motion. You established way back in Genesis. Put this in our heart, Lord, and bless our night together in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, as our ushers are, are receiving that, uh, I, I want to invite anybody, men, women, to the golf tournament. If you would like to do that, there's flyers out there. We need you to sign up tonight, okay, and to pay tonight so we can get kind of a head count. So I welcome all of you. I'd love to have a bunch of you ladies. Ladies, get a tee off from the women's tees. Every now and then, I'd kind of like to tee off up there, and so whatever we need to do the win. I welcome all of you to come to that. Also, we are we are looking and trying to get stuff lined up for a painting crew. If you'd like to help us paint, right out here at these information tab, you can sign up for that. This whole auditorium is going to be painted. Actually, starting on Monday, May 12th, you can say bye-bye to these pews. Not all of them, but they'll they'll start going gradually. I'm going to tell you right now, if you would like one of these, you are welcome to have one, okay? You've just got to get up here and get it. I'm not going to haul it for you, All right. And I've had some of you say, can we have one of those? I said, you can have more. You can have all of them if you want them. You just got to get them out of here, okay? All right. If you got your Bible, go with me to the book of Philippians, chapter 2. Philippians, chapter 2. Now, this has been stirring up inside me for several weeks now. And we're going to talk here about the Word of God. The importance of the Word of God in every one of our lives. That we've got to learn to live by the Word. Every area, okay? Okay. I don't care where you're at in life. Every area, I got to get in the Word of God. Now you've heard me say this, and you'll hear me say this throughout the next few weeks. You get into the Word, and God will get into you. I've got to make the Word of God priority in my life. How many of us in this room? We make eating a priority every day, every day, every one of them. Man, I mean, we usually don't have to be told it's time to eat. We it's time to eat. I'm gonna eat. I'm going to eat. Well, think about this. Smith Wigglesworth said this years ago. He said, we feed our natural man three hot meals a day, and we feed our spirit man one cold snack a week, and we wonder why we're starving spiritually. So I've got to make getting into the Word a daily habit. Philippians 2 is where we're going to begin. Look at verse 12. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, now, that word obeyed there is cross-referenced in, in Romans 6:17, And it says, obey from your heart that form of the Word. So when he's talking about here that you have always obeyed, he's talking about you have always obeyed the Word of God. You've made it a choice. So he keeps on saying here, this is the Apostle Paul, and he says, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Don't do it just because I'm around. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Work out your own salvation. Now, let's think about that just for a second. You can't do anything to earn salvation, okay? You can't say prayers day after day and be saved. The only way you can be saved is you receive Jesus as Lord of your life. You ask Him to come into your heart and you confess Him with your mouth. So when He tells us here to work out our salvation... The first step of salvation is getting born again. But to work out our salvation, this occurs after we get born again. Now, what he's telling me and you there, he does not want us to remain baby Christians. Think about this in life. We don't want our kids to remain babies. They're going to grow up. That's the natural process. Well, we're very similar spiritually. That how would it look in here if we could see ourselves spiritually how we look? And, and we may be 50 years old naturally, but we're running around still in diapers. Man, it'd look foolish, wouldn't it? So this is what he's talking about when he tells us, work out our salvation. And the key to working out our salvation is to learn to obey. Obey what? The Word of God. Above anything else. I love it when people will say to me at times, you said this, and I say, you know what, I may have said that, but God's the one who spoke it. I'm just telling you what God's Word says. I emphasize very highly the Word of God, okay? Verse 13. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for His good pleasure. Now, the secret to a changed life and a fruitful life is learn to submit to God. And how do I learn to submit to God? To His Word. The next time you don't feel like obeying, ask God to put, put a heart in you to say, Lord, help me to obey. Ask Jesus to come into you and say, Lord Jesus, help me to obey the Word. Help me to have a desire to obey the Word. You know, I, I think a lot of times people think just because you get born again, obedience to the Word of God is just going to automatically happen. It's not, guys. I can tell you to this day, and I've born, been born again for 33 years now, there's days I don't feel like obeying. You say, you don't? There's days I don't feel like coming to church. But you know what Shelly says? You have to. And I said, why? And she said, you're the pastor. you got to go. And so there's times you may not feel like obeying the Word, but that's where you got to start saying, the Word is priority in my life. Now go with me to John 17. And this is going to be, guys, one of our main texts, you're going to hear me refer to this over and over and over and and, uh, throughout the weeks. And this is why the word is so important for every one of us. John 17, verse 17. Notice these are red letter words, Jesus speaking here. And he says, sanctify them by your truth. Now, the word sanctify means to set them apart. Set us, set us apart, or set them apart, me and you, by the truth. So what is the truth? Look how he defines the truth here. Your word is truth. What is truth? The word of God is truth. And so we can jump back into John eight thirty two. Only the truth will set you free. That's it. And so he tells us right here, we've got to learn to allow the word of God to sanctify us, to set us apart. One translation, the message says, make them holy, consecrated with the truth. Psalms 119.9 right here says, how can a man cleanse his ways? It says, heed the word. Heed the word. You want to start seeing your life change? Start heeding the word of God. And this is why this is very important, guys, that I must be taught the word of God. And I believe the word of God. I obey the word of God. And when I begin to apply the Word of God, it'll change the way I act. It'll change the way I think. Now, I'm not talking about an overnight deal, guys. I'm not talking about instant- instantaneous. I'm talking about doing the Word day by day by day by day by day. It's kind of like eating physically again. I eat day by day by day by day by day. The same thing. Now, go to the book of James chapter 1. James chapter 1. the Word of God will begin to purify you. It'll purify your mind. It'll purify your heart. It'll purify your actions. Some of the greatest changes in my life have occurred when I've allowed the Word of God just to really begin to work in me. And so you'll see very uh, similar words throughout the night. The word abide, the word to continue, remain in it. Over and 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 over. How did you learn math? Math is a, a thing you learn by repetition. It's the same by the Word of God. You keep speaking the Word and you keep getting it in you. James chapter 1, verse 21. Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness. Now here, right here, James is telling us, get rid of filthiness and wickedness in your life. How do I do that? He answers that. And receive, and receive. If, if I was to, to have a $10 bill and I offered it to Philip, for him to, to, to take it, to receive it, he would have to reach out and grab it. He would have to go after it. That's the same with the Word of God, guys. To receive the Word of God, you're going to have to make an effort to get it, okay? Okay? To get Scripture, to get the Word of God in, you guys, it doesn't happen from watching MASH reruns, okay? i got to get into the Word. So he said, receive what? Receive with meekness. The word meekness means humility. Man, I receive with a humble heart that says, I need this. i got to have. Receive with meekness. Look at the words here. The implanted Word, which is able to save your souls. So there must be a humble acceptance of the Word of God above any other thing in life. And when I receive the Word of God, like He's talking about here, with this meekness, it will change the landscape of your life. What does that mean? It'll change the way you look, the way you act, the way you talk. Now, it's always amazing when people look at you and they begin to see a change in you. Sometimes you don't see a change. I tell you guys, the first time I went back to a class reunion, I had people say, What happened to you? What happened? You know what they saw? The landscape of my life had begun to change because of the Word of God. They said, He doesn't act the way He used to. And He doesn't talk the way He used to. And it's not because I get dressed in a phone booth. It's from applying the Word of God, guys, over and over and over. Now, keep reading. This is going to help you right here. Verse 22. But be doers of the Word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. Now, I'm going to tell you something about this first. It's vital that you hear the Word of God. Extremely important. Romans 10, 17 says, Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. It's important that you hear the Word of God. And when it says, Faith come by hearing the Word of God, it did not say that you had to hear a preacher, okay? You can hear yourself. That's why I encourage you, when you read the Bible, read it loud enough where you can hear it. Something happens when I begin to read the Word of God. Rome, or not Romans, uh, Hebrews 11, 6 says, Without faith it's impossible to please Him. So I got to get a hold of the Word of God through hearing. But the way there becomes change in my life is by doing the Word of God. You want to see change in your life? What does doing mean? Obeying it. Acting on it. Living it, okay? Every day. Verse number 23. For if anyone is a hearer of the Word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in the mirror. Now what he's talking about here is that when you just hear the Word of God, it's like when you walk by a mirror in your house and you just glance at yourself and then you keep walking, okay? Verse 24. For he he observes himself, goes away... And listen to this. And immediately he forgets what kind of man he was. What is he talking about here that you forget what kind of man you are? You forget what type of man you are through the word of God. Through what the word of God says. Okay? And so when I begin to be a, a not just to hear the word, a doer of the word, I'll begin to get a picture in my heart of what the Word says I am. Romans 8.37 says that, that we're more than conquerors. Okay? When I begin to, to not only hear the Word, but I begin to act on that Word, it begins to change a picture of myself. I begin to get a picture of, wow, this is what the Bible says I am. This is what the Bible says I can be. This is what the Bible says I can do. And that applies to every one of us in here. I don't care what your past is, guys. When I begin to allow the, the Word of God to change the picture of how I see myself. So i got to see myself through the Word of God. Look at verse 25. But he who looks into the perfect law... And I like the word looks. There it is. He who looks. He who gets a picture of himself in the perfect law of liberty... He who gets a picture of himself in the Word of God, and notice what it said about the Word of God there, it's the perfect law of liberty. That word liberty means freedom. So when I begin to look in the Word of God, that Word of God will lead me to freedom. You don't have to raise your hand in here, but how many of you in this room are needing some freedom in an area of your life? I thank God, I thank God the Word of God will work in that area, okay? It doesn't lie here. So he says, he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it. So this tells me, guys, the Word of God isn't once or twice. The Word of God isn't when I feel like it. The Word of God is when I continue in it. And I stay with it and I stay with it even when I don't think it's working. I keep speaking it. I keep thinking it. And I keep meditating on it, okay? And guess what's happened with the Word of God? The Word of God, many times, is referred to as a seed, the implanted Word of God. When you begin to to read the Word and you begin to think in line with the Word and you begin to speak the Word of God, that little seed is beginning to take root. And every time I get into the Word of God and I speak it, I think it, I live it, I act on it, that little seed is getting deeper. Those words are taking root. Those words are taking root. And it's just like those little corn stalks in my backyard. It didn't happen overnight. And I can tell you this, if I would have quit watering them, history. They wouldn't have come up. See, that's what happens with us with the Word of God. We live in a society right now, when things don't happen instantly, when things don't happen overnight or within a week, we quit. Pastor, I've been doing it for a week. How many years did it take you to get into the place in your life that you're at? It took years a lot of times. Now, the Word will begin to work. The Word will work when I continue in it. And so there's a thing that I believe is important for every one of us to understand. I must learn to discipline myself to get in the Word of God. And you won't wake up every day and say, Yippee! I get to get in the Word. There'll be days, it's like getting up on a Monday morning and everything within you will keep you from trying to do it. But I've got to get in the Word, okay? I've got to get into it on a daily basis. So he goes on to says, Who continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. Now look real close there. He said, a doer of the work. He didn't say a doer of the Word there. He said a doer of the work. So is the Word keeps talking about, is that part of how I work out my salvation? Absolutely. You start doing the Word of God and you'll start seeing salvation worked right in your eyes, right before you, that you will literally become a living, walking, breathing, New Testament creation. That new man in Christ is that Second Corinthians five seventeen, And if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. And so this is what it's talking about. And he ends here and he says, this one will be blessed in what he does. Which one? The one that looks into the perfect law of liberty. The one who continues in it. The one who's not a forgetful hearer, but a doer. This one will be blessed. So right here, God puts his stamp on this and says, I'll do what I said I'll do if you'll do your part i got to stay with the Word, guys. I've got to stay with it. Now, go with me to the book of John, chapter 15. John, chapter 15. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the truth. John 15. It's going to help us throughout these next few weeks, I promise. John 15 is where we're going. Now, there's three types of believers, I believe. Three types of believers. You're going to fall into one of these categories, okay? The prophet Hosea said, My people perish for lack of knowledge. There's believers that will never get the Word of God. They'll never get the knowledge of the Word of God. That's a choice of theirs. The second type of believers is ones that they know the Word, but they don't do the Word. I know a lot of people that can quote a lot of Scripture. But they have no, no victory in their life. I say, I can, I can quote the Bible backwards, frontwards, forwards, anyway. But if I don't do the Word, it doesn't do done me no good. And then there's ones that hear the Word, and they do the Word, and they're blessed and they're fruitful in life. I believe that can happen to every one of us in this room. Every one of us. It's just how hungry I get for the Word of God. Now, let's, let's look at here in James 15. And really dissect this, starting in verse 1. If you'll notice, all this 1 through 8 is Jesus' words. And He said, I am the vine. Jesus is the vine. And He said, My Father, Father God, is the vine dresser or the gardener. Every branch in me. You know what a branch in Jesus is? is someone that claims to be a Christian. Someone that's confessed Him as Lord and Savior. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit... Now, what is fruit, guys? Fruit is is the evidence of the things that are in my life. Fruit refers to the things that are evident in my life. Kingdom fruit, okay? So he gives me some insight here and he says, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he he prunes it that it may bear more fruit. Now, I like to say it this way. You're pruned if you do, and you're pruned if you don't. If you'll know what he said there, if you don't have no fruit, he cuts you off. But if you do have fruit, he prunes you back. Why? So that you can bear more fruit. Thank you, George Jesus. This, this is the key. And, and in Luke six forty four, it says that every person will be known by their fruit. Now, I can tell you about what the fruit he's talking about. Actually, it's Galatians 5, and 23. The fruit of the Spirit. And there's nine of them. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, self-control, goodness, kindness, gentleness, meekness, or humility. Now, I know I said those rather fast, but let me ask you. Are any of those fruit evident in your life? Man, I've got to look at some of those and say, Woo, I'm really lacking in this area. You know the ones that God's always working on me on? Is patience. Man, I am in need of patience. Guys, I'm going to tell you that right. And right now. And number two, self-control. It says, and the fruit of the Spirit. And so I'm telling you, if, if you've got problems with your tongue, how I many you got problems with your tongue? You speak before you think. Man, sometimes I can do that. Okay, that's that's a self control issue, so I say Holy Spirit help me, help me to bear fruit in that area. So right here He's telling us this isn't to punish anybody. This is part of growing spiritually. Verse number four. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. How did He say we would bear fruit when we abide in Him? We can't bear fruit on our own. We've got to have the Lord on the inside helping us. So then he goes on and say, Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. That word abide means to live in him. That word abide means to remain in him. It means to continue in him. Verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. Now Jesus makes this real clear. He's the vine, we're the branches. He who abides in me, and I am him, bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. So he promises me right here that if I'll hang in there and I'll continue and I'll stick with the Word and I'll keep doing it over and over, I'm going to bear fruit. You're going to bear fruit. Verse number six. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. Not a good sight there, is there? So stay close to Him. Just as the branch is attached to the vine in the natural, that's how we got to be with Jesus. Man, i got to stay close to Jesus. And when I make a mistake, I blow it, I miss it, I sin, I'm quick to repent. Quick to repent. Stay in right standing with Him. Repent of your sin. Now this is the last two verses here. And this is, this is where it really, really, really gets good to me, okay? Verse 7. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. Jesus promised this guy. So you know what he's telling me right here? He'll do his part. But it only happens... When I fulfill the if. Now go back and look at verse 7. It starts, If you abide in me and my words abide in you. If, 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 if. You know, as kids growing up, we used to always say, If if and buts were candy and nuts, what a Merry Christmas we'd have. If, if. So right here, I've got to fulfill the if. So Jesus says, if you abide in me. If you live in me. If you hang out with me. And my words abide in you. My words. So I look at the words. How does the Word of God abide in me? Well, I've got to hear it, and then I've got to obey it. Above everything else in life. I don't care what man's doctrines are. This is what the B-I-B-L-E says. That's why the Word of God is so powerful, but it's so important also. And so when I abide in Him, and I abide in His words, then, and only then, Can I ask what I desire and it'll be done unto me or for me? Now, you know why it'll be done for you? Because you're not going to ask for something stupid. Jesus is in your heart and the Word of God's in your heart. And then things begin to click. Things begin to happen. And he goes on in verse 8 and says, By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. God's desire is that you bear much fruit. And it says here that when me and you bear much fruit, God is glorified. God is like, yes, yes, yes. That's my boy. That's my girl. Now think about this. When your kids obey you and they do what you like to do, like you, you, you ask them to do, And you don't have to tell them repeatedly. And they do it over and over and over. And after ten straight days, they've made their bed without you telling them. You know what you do? Woo! We get excited. We get glorified. Yes! They get it. How many of you when we were raising a little bitty one? And they finally get potty trained. No more diapers. Man, that was a happy day. How many of you have ever done anything just clamorously foolish when your kids went potty at a young age? I mean, we would dance. and we, I could do cartwheels, man. I would swing around there. It was a big deal when they did that. Well, man, Father God loves it when we become potty trained. We start doing the Word and we start acting on the Word and we start living the Word. And He takes pleasure because you know what He's seeing? He's seeing fruit in our life, And every one of us in this room, we're known by our fruit. Now, I'm going to ask you right now. What are you known by? Oh, Pastor, don't say that. I'm, I'm known as Filthy Mouth Mark. And if your name's Mark, I'm not just throwing that out there, okay? I'm just saying that the things we do in life, that's how people identify us. But once again people will begin to take note of him. How many of in this room have had someone say to you, you're different. You're different. What's happened to you? Well, it's a guy named Jesus came into my heart. And I started obeying his word and, oop, here it is. This is the end result. Well, see, that's how he wants to do with every one of us. Now, understand this, guys. We can measure the effectiveness of the Word of God in our lives By two things. By our behaviors and our attitudes. Tell you right now. you want to measure the effectiveness of the Word of God in your life? Just watch your behaviors and watch your attitudes. All the time. Pastor, you have all this mastered? No. I'm still a work in progress, guys. I'm telling you right now. At times I realize there is how many of you sometimes when you get in traffic, man, whoo, you, you you have little demon horns. And my wife says, You are one of the most laid back people in life until you get behind a steering wheel. I remember my grandson was with me one day and a guy cut in front of me and I said, You idiot. And he said, Who's an idiot, Poppy? And I said, Oh, Lord Jesus. So I'm still at work. So my behaviors, the things I say, the things I do, and then my attitudes. When things don't go your way, how do you act? You pout? Do you throw a fit? See, this is what I'm talking about. The Word of God will begin to change you. And, and when you see areas in your life that you're, that you're not doing what's right, you've got to start dosing up on the Word of God. Overdose on the Word. Start getting in the Word and feed your spirit that stuff every day, every day, every day, every day. Every day. Every day. Every day. I'm going to tell you guys, you've got to get in the habit. One of the things I like to do, and this will help you, most of the time in a month, there's somewhere around 31 days in a month, I read a proverb every day. Tomorrow is May 1st. Read proverb number one tomorrow, okay? Read the proverbs. It's a book of wisdom. Read it in some different translations. You want to read a good translation on the proverbs? Read the New Living right now. I'm telling you, man, it, it comes alive to me. Then I'll read a couple chapters in the New Testament, and then right now I'm doing some reading in Psalms, and then and get get a hold of good books. What's a good book? A book that's got a lot of scripture in it, a lot of scripture. I'll tell you some some authors that I believe that can speak into your heart. Anything that Joyce Meyer teaches on, guys, it's solid, okay? Because there's a lot of word in her books. I'm just throwing some things out there, but you got to start feeding your your spirit man. Feed your spirit man. Feeding, him, feeding, him, feeding. Him. Get the word in you and God will get in you. Now, we come back next week and we're going to hit it again for the next couple of weeks in different areas that, to me, this is this is the areas we've got to get in us again. where the Word's priority. I mean, I, I don't care when people ask me a question about this or this or this in life. You know what my answer always is? What's the Word say? What's the Word say? Thank you for listening to the podcast. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com